0: Well, happy new year if it's not too late to say that here on January 7th. Today, as we kick off this short series, Be Do, I wanna talk about 2024 for you because here's what I know about you heading into the new year. You have a lot of things you're going to do in the new year. You have a lot of things that you want to do in the new year. And some of them are things that you did in 2023 and all of the years before that, Some things are things that you did a little bit last year and you want to do more of this year. And some things are things that you haven't done in a long time or maybe ever and you want to start doing. I mean, like maybe you are one of those people who you want to you want to exercise. What you're going to do is you're going to exercise. I mean, 39% of people actually set a resolution that they will exercise or that they will exercise more. That they'll start exercising or that they're going to exercise more this year than they did last year. So for you, you know, you're going to start running or you're going to start lifting or you're going to start walking or you're going to start biking or you're going to start doing abs or you're going to you got an Apple Watch for Christmas and you're going to actually track your steps or let's be honest, you're going to let Apple track your steps and at the end of the day you're going to watch it like, oh wow, that's how that's how much I watch. Okay, maybe you're going to exercise. Maybe you're like a lot of people, you're going to eat better. You're you're going to eat. You know, what you're going to do is you're going to eat better. 33% of people set a resolution to diet or to eat better. Now, both of those things equal that one thing a lot of us want to do is we want to lose weight. Okay. And then there are some of you, there are some of you, some of you sickos out there, You want to gain weight, right? And we're not judging you for that, but you do need to be careful who you say that to and how you say it so that the rest of us don't just immediately walk away from you with our eyes rolling at you, okay? Maybe for some of you, what you wanna do this year is you're gonna drink more water. This year, you're gonna be so hydrated. You're gonna be you're going to be so hydrated. You've got four different Stanley tumblers for Christmas and every day you'll fill them all up and you'll take at least one sip from each of them, right? Maybe what you wanna do is you wanna travel. Maybe what you wanna do is you wanna take more photos. Maybe you wanna eat at new restaurants. Maybe you wanna try new foods. Maybe you wanna go back to school or finish school or pass school. Like, the, like those are the things that you wanna do. And let's be honest, some of you, others of you, There's something that you did too much of last year and what you want to do is cut back or quit that thing maybe you spent too much time on social media or on your phone last year and you want to spend less time on your phone maybe some of you you spent so much time watching tv and binging new shows and binging old shows and if you added up all the time that you spent watching tv last year you would you would actually cry because of how much and, and you what you want to do is to spend less time watching tv uh maybe it's that you spent way too much time on fantasy football Guilty that you like some of you, some of you ladies. You're like when my husband spends any time on it, it's too much. But guys, let's be honest. Some of us know we spend way too much time investing our our time and our energy into this thing that really is 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 a fantasy. Okay, and so maybe what you want to do is you want to spend less time on fantasy football. Maybe maybe you you drank a lot of alcohol maybe maybe you, your alcohol use got out of control maybe it's become an addiction for you and you want to quit drinking alcohol maybe you just maybe it's not out of control but you know that it's Damaging your body, you know that it's it's hurting your physical ability to That one of the things that you need to do to lose weight is to stop drinking alcohol. For some of you, let's be honest, we live in New Mexico, and in the last year when it became legalized, you started smoking a whole lot of pot, and you've had some some consequences, and you've dealt with some things because of that. Where people told you that it had no side effects, that it had no addic- addictive properties, but you feel like you can't stop now, and you can't control yourself when you're when you're when you're doing it. And so, what you need to do is you need to stop smoking pot, okay? We all have some picture of the things that we want to do this year. We all have some picture and maybe it's not one of the things that I mentioned, but you have some picture of the things that you want to do or that you want to do more or that you want to start doing or that you want to stop doing in 2024. We all have some picture of the things that we want to do this year. But another big question and maybe more important question to ask as we begin a series called Be Do. We're going to talk about the do, but another question that we need to actually make sure we ask at the beginning of a new year, maybe a more important question, is do you know who you want to be this year? Do You, you, you know all the things that you want to do. Do you know who you want to be this year? That as we step into the beginning of a brand new year, as we step into twenty twenty four, as we step into the the you know, whatever number this year of your life is, as we step into a new year, you know who you've been in the past. You knew what, you, what you've done in the past. You know who you've been in the past. And the question that I want to ask you this year is do you want to be the same person you've been or do you want to be someone different? Do you want to be someone better? Do you want to be someone new? Do you want to be someone who is growing and improved? Do you know who you want to be this year? See, the reason I think this is such an important question is this is a question of, of identity, you know, who you are beyond what you do, who you are as a person. And I just believe this is, you know, who what you do matters. Who you are always matters more because who you are ultimately bleeds into what you do, right? It's a question of identity. It's a question of priorities. You know, what matters most to you? It's a question of, Of of priorities. Obviously, we can look at what you do and tell what matters most to you by by what matters, but our our priorities ultimately define and drive what we do. Our priorities, what matters most to us? It's a question of motives. Why do you do the things that you do? What's driving you to do the things that you do? What internally is happening inside your heart, inside your mind, inside your relationship, inside inside everything that's true about you? What is it about you? What's it true about your motives? that causes you to do the things that you do, that drives you to do the things that you do, that causes you to do the things that you do without even thinking about the things that you do. It's a question of identity, a question of priorities, and it's a question of motives. And so here's the thing, what you do this year will matter. But who you will be this year matters more than what you do this year. Who you are will always show up in what you do. This is why it's more important because who you are will always show up in what you do. Like what what's going on inside of you, who you are, will always come out of you in the things that you do. Will always come out of you in your relationships, in your in your in your physical fitness, in your mental wellness, in your in in your in your performance at your job, in the in the way that you travel, in the way that you interact with your family. Who you are will always show up in what you do. And so, as your pastor, I want to give you today. I want to spend this message talking about who I would encourage you to be in 2024. And now you might think that's getting really personal. Well, I'm your pastor. That's my job is to sometimes get really personal. And as we start a new year, and as so many of us are thinking about what we're going to do, I want to encourage you about who I think you should be as followers of Jesus Christ in 2024. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you a list and and, and spend a little bit of time on each of these to talk about some things that I would hope that you would be in 2024. And then I'm going to give you one of one thing that I, that I know you need to be if you're going to make sure, if you're going to make all of those things actually be a reality in your life. So the first thing that I hope you'll be in 2024 is I hope you'll be a person of the word. I hope you'll be a person of the word. And just in case that's not clear to you, I hope you'll be a person of God's word. In Psalm 119, uh, David wrote, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. He's like, I, I, I want to know you. I want to find you. I'm, don't let me drift from, from your word, from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. When I say I want you to be a person of the word, I mean, like, I think it's great to start with a Bible habit and have a daily five-minute or 10-minute Bible habit. My hope is that you would not be just a person with a small Bible habit, but I would hope that you would be a person who lives in the Word. Who's surrounded by the word, who reads the word, who studies the word, who continuously thinks about the word and meditates on the word of God, who applies the word and who accepts the word as our first and our final authority, who gives God's word that when we have a question of direction, when we have a question of where am I going to go, that that instead of turning to a friend for advice, that I go to God's word for, for direction first. Now, a friend going to a friend for advice is a great thing, but going to God's word as the first and the final authority, like that matters more. I hope you'll be a person of the Word who doesn't just have a Bible habit, but who takes my Bible habit and reads and reads and soaks and observes and applies and practices it and journals on it and reflects on it and applies the Word of God to my life. And I accept that it has authority in my life, that it has first say and it has final say in my life, in my thoughts in my job, in my family, in the way I go about everything that I do. The Bible is my authority. I want to be a person of the word. That's the first thing that I want to encourage you to be, is to be a person of the word. The second thing that I want to encourage you to be is I want you to be a person of prayer, to be a person of prayer. In Ephesians chapter six, Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. So when are you supposed to pray? At all times and on every occasion. He says, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So we're supposed to stay alert. We're supposed to be persistent in our prayers. We're supposed to pray at all times, and we're supposed to pray on all occasions. And what that looks like for us as we we become a person of prayer, as we decide to be a person of prayer, here's a few thoughts that I want to drive into your head. Would you be a person whose prayer life isn't the last resort, but it's your first choice? That instead of going like, oh my gosh, I got I got desperate. I tried all my own ways, and now I'm coming to you at the end. Why don't you decide that prayer's not gonna be your last resort? It's gonna be your first. Choice. Be a person whose prayer life isn't just requests, but it's an ongoing conversation with God. Where we go to God, whether or not we have a request or not, we go to God because every day we need to have a conversation with our Heavenly Father to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Would you be a person who doesn't rush through prayer as something to get done, but moves through life knowing that prayer never really ends? I want to encourage you in 2024 to be a person of the word, and I want you to be a person of prayer, where prayer is central to your life as something that's not just something to rush through. It's not just something to go when we got a request. It's not just something to go when we to, as our last line of defense. It's our first choice. It's an everyday thing. It's an ongoing conversation, and it's something that never really stops. But we pray at all times, on all occasions, staying alert and staying persistent in our prayers. Number three is I want to encourage you to be a person of community. Ephesians chapter two, again, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family, and together we are his house. So Took, to quote, to quote Paul, your citizen. We're like here's here's what we are when we come to faith in Jesus. We become citizens of God's of God's kingdom. We become members of God's family, and we build His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. He says, "We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord." That what Paul is saying here, what Paul is getting at, us, We were meant to do life together. That when we come to to know Jesus, we know Jesus, and Jesus puts us in a new family, in a new community. We're citizens. We're family members. It meant to build a house. That's who we are. That's what we do together. We are supposed to be family to one another, to be community to one another, to have people be community towards us and to be family towards us so that together we can build the house that is the with Jesus as the cornerstone. So as we talk about being a person of community, here's what I want to encourage you to be in 2024. I want you to be a person who doesn't hope community comes to them, but decides to develop and build it around you that you're going to invest in others, that you're going to invest in relationships instead of waiting for someone to come to you, instead of waiting for community to come to you. I want to encourage you to be a person in 2024 who you go out and build it and you develop it and you invest it and you don't wait for it to come to you. You build it around yourself. You be a person whose life is open to others and for others. That you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I like the idea of relationships, but now you're talking about being like my life being open to other people, like where I actually talk about what's going on with me. And I actually talk about sometimes what's wrong with me, and I actually open like, and and, and like it's not just what's going on in like in, in my private life, but I actually share. That, like, I don't know that I like that, but you're open to others and you're open for others. Meaning, it's not just sharing your weakness; you're also sharing your strength, so that other people who may have a strength who, who may have a weakness that your strength can meet. Is met by your strength. You be open to others and for others. Be a person whose life is sharpened by proximity to others who make you better and who make you sharper in your life and in your faith, in your work, in your trust in God. And be a person whose life sharpens the life and faith of others because you share your wisdom and share your experience. That's what it means to be a person of community. In 2024, I hope that you would make the decision that you're going to be a new citizen, you're going to be part of the family, and you're going to build the house, that you're going to be a person whose life is spent in community not waiting for community to come to you but decides to build it with the people that God has placed around your life in our church in your world that you would decide you know what hey I'm like with who's around me I'm going to build community I'm going to build family I'm going to be be a citizen of this community and I'm going to build the house together number 4 is I pray is I hope that you'll be a person of healing that you'll be a person of healing in first peter 2:24 Peter wrote that he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. then he wrote this, by his wounds, you are healed. That that by Jesus' wounds on the cross, by Jesus' blood shed on the cross, by what Jesus endured on the cross, healing is available to every single one of us from the hand of God. And for some of us, we have come to Jesus And we've experienced salvation from our sins, but we've never allowed Jesus to bring about the healing that he wants to bring about in our lives. And maybe for you in 2024, the thing that you need more than anything else in your entire life is that you need to experience the healing that Jesus has and you need to pursue the healing that Jesus has. So would you be a person of healing? Be a person who chooses to heal and allows God to bring healing into your life. Who chooses to heal. Who he says like, God, I, I want your healing. Whatever that looks like, I want to heal from my past hurt, from my past trauma, from the difficult experience of my life, from the hurt that I experienced in the church, from the hurt that I experienced in relationships, from the hurt that I experienced anywhere, from the hurt that I've experienced in family. I want to heal. And so some of you, in order to be a person of healing, you've got to simply pursue that healing. And to, as you pursue that healing, one of the things you've got to do is to do the work to dig deep on where the hurt came from. You know, you have the thing that you have in your mind of what the hurt looks like. You don't remember where the hurt actually came from. You've got to do the work. You may need to see a counselor. You may need to see a therapist. You may need to talk to your pastor. You may need to talk to me. You may need to schedule an appointment with me. You may need to talk to a small group leader and actually spend some time digging to figure out where this all came from and not just where it all came from, but why it has stayed in your life and where the pattern and what the patterns looked like and why the, the patterns have been so destructive and why it keeps happening over and over and over again. You need to do the work. Would you be a person of healing as you allow God to bring healing to your mind and your broken ways of thinking and intrusive thoughts? Some of you, you know this. The thing that's caused the most trouble in your life is the way that you think, that somewhere along the way you picked up a way of thinking from your family or from some friends or you while you were in college, you picked up a way of thinking that has been no good to you and has been no good for you and has been no good coming from you. And the most healing thing that you will do this year is to experience God's healing as you allow him to get, as you get in God's word and allow him to renew and refresh your thoughts. Would you allow God to bring healing where relationships have been broken through through forgiveness, that you have some relationships that have been broken where they hurt you? where they hurt you. What they did to you was unacceptable. What they did to you was inappropriate. What they did to you was borderline criminal. Like there are some things where there have been some relationships that have been damaged and broken through, 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 through their actions towards you. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that you need to forgive them so that things can get back to what, you know, like if someone genuinely hurt you and they kept hurting you, you still probably need some distance, but you need forgiveness in your life to for, to forgive them, so that you can find freedom from what was done to you. You need to allow God to bring healing to your relationships where you've developed some habits that break relationships and keep people at arm's length. Like that that you've you've developed there, there's there's relationships that get, that get broken because of what's done to you. Sometimes that we need to be honest, there are relationships that get broken because of what comes from you. Where there's, a, where there's some bad habits there's some bad patterns that come from you where, where where just when things start to get going good you have this tendency to blow things up or to, or to blow up at people and and, and, and things get broken and, and people tend to keep their distance from you they, like they, they get somewhat close but they always keep you at an arm's length because they never know what's really going to come from you if they stay around you. And it's time to to allow God to bring healing to your relationships where you've developed some habits that break relationships and they keep people at arm's length. Would you allow God in 2024 to bring the healing that comes from, that flows from the cross, not just the salvation that flows from the cross, but the healing to your mind, to your heart, to your relationships, to your broken patterns, to everything about you. Would you allow God to bring healing by doing the work and allowing God to do the work in and through your life? Would you be a person of healing? Number five, number six is that you would be a person of integrity. I want you to be a person of integrity. Proverbs 2, 7, I'm gonna give you three verses from, from, from Proverbs. Proverbs 2, 7 says this, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. God is a shield to those who walk with integrity. Proverbs 10, 29, the way of the Lord is a stronghold to those with integrity but it destroys the wicked. Proverbs eleven twenty. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Would you make the decision in 2024 that you wanna be a person of integrity? For some of you, that's easy. You've already been being a person of integrity. For others of you, there's a gap in your life. Whereas there's a gap between who you are in private and who you are in public, who you are at church on a Sunday morning and who you are at work on a Monday morning, who you are towards, pe- towards the people that you like in your small group and who you are towards the people that you don't like when you go to work. There's a gap. And where there's a gap, if it, it, this would be the thing, if there's a gap in those, in those areas, I hope in 2024, you'll decide to close the gap. And, and so here's what it looks like to close that gap in 2024. Be a person whose life in private looks the same as it does in church on Sunday. Hey, wait, wait, wait. When I'm in church on Sunday, my behavior is so good. Yeah, move it all towards that, okay? Be a person whose word means something because, what you, because you do what you say. Like some of you, the gap is that you promise to do a lot of things. And you don't actually follow through. And you think that's just a follow through issue. That's not an integrity issue. No, that's an integrity issue because there's a gap between what you say and what you do. And you need to close the gap by doing what you say. Be a person whose commitment means something because what you sign up for, you show up for. Be a person who treats people on Monday the way you treat people in front of your pastor on Sunday. Okay, like that, 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 that same, like, oh, like, oh, yeah, I'm kind, I'm peaceful. I'm like, Carry that into Monday morning at work, okay? Be a person who treats your coworkers at work as well as you treat your small group friends. You close that wherever there's a gap between like the way that you know you're supposed to be and what you do somewhere else, would you close the gap and be a person of integrity in 2024? Number seven is would you be a focused person? Philippians chapter three, Paul wrote this. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus... First, possess me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. He said, whoa. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the goal, at the, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Instead of a life moving in a hundred different directions, what if your life had focus to build the most important thing or the most important three things in your life. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. Well, everything I'm doing is important. No, it's not. Or at least you could say this. No, everything you're doing is not equally important. You have assigned importance to everything that you're doing, but everything is not equally important. Your relationship with God matters more than some of the other things that you're doing. Your relationships within your family are more important than some of the things that you're doing. And if you are treating everything as if it's of equal importance, you are missing out on investing in the things that are of the utmost importance. So would you decide in 2024, that I focus on this one thing, and this one thing, my family relationships, it gets all my attention. Or you know, the thing that's actually clouding my family relationships, is, is that my financial world is, 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 is broken and that's gotta get all my attention this year. There's a relationship that needs to be restored and that's gonna get all, the, all, of, my, all of my all my attention. My, my school, like I, I, I'm, I'm close to losing a scholarship and that's gonna affect everything. Like, so I need to buckle down in school. This one thing gets all my attention this year because I'm gonna be a focused person. Next, I want you to be a loving person. I hope you'll be a loving person. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said this. So now I'm giving you a new commitment. Love each other. And everyone sitting in the room thought, well, that's the same, like we've heard that commandment. He says, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And there's like, oh, well, that's different than the way we've always heard it before. He's like, I- I'm defining love for you. I'm telling you how to love, and then I'm defining what love should look like. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Be a loving person. And here's what this looks like. Be a Jesus follower who believes the most important thing is what Jesus said was the most important thing. Jesus said, this is the defining thing. This is the most important thing. This is my last command that I give you, love one another. And what if as Jesus' followers, we actually believe the most important thing was the thing that Jesus said was the most important thing. Love enough to bring grace and truth. Some of you are like, I bring a lot of grace, I bring no truth. Some of you are like, I'm loving people by bringing them to the truth, okay? I'm loving them by bringing them the truth. Okay, love people enough to bring grace and truth. Truth, love enough to stop demanding your way and ruining the experience for everyone if you don't get your way. Love enough to be patient with others' growth and progress. Love enough to be quiet sometimes and not always need to share your thoughts and your opinions. Love enough to care for people despite political differences, which is going to be a shockingly hard thing to do in an election year of 2024. Love enough to do what Jesus would have you do. Love and be like, like be loving be loving. It's the thing that Jesus said was the most important. It's the thing that Jesus said was the last command that he gave his followers. And Jesus defined it and said, this is how people will know you follow me by whether or not you genuinely love. So in 2024, I hope you'll be a loving person. And then finally, I hope that you'll be a fruitful person. I hope that you'll be a fruitful person. In the book of Colossians, Paul wrote this in Colossians chapter 1. Then the way that you live will always honor and please the Lord, and, you're, and you will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. He says, I, I pray that you will honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And then John chapter 15, Jesus said this in John fifteen five and 8. He said, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Meaning, if we're connected to our Heavenly Father, the expectation is that we will bear much fruit. He says, For apart from me, you can do nothing. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So we tend to have this weird dichotomy in Christian circles. Either we can be faithful or we can be fruitful. I want to be faithful and fruitful. I don't want to be faithful to anything that, that, is, that is stuck in the past, that's stuck in religion, that's stuck in... And like What we do so often is we think faithful means I stay faithful to doing everything and anything the way I learned it, the way I was taught it, the way it was modeled for me, regardless of whether or not it bears any fruit or not in my life or through my life. I want to be faithful to God, not to a system, not to a model, not to a method, not to a way. And I want to be faithful to God so that I can be fruitful for God. I want to be faithful to God so that I can be fruitful for God. In other words, here's what it looks like to be fruitful. I'm willing to leave behind unfruitful, ineffective methods and embrace what's fruitful. I want to believe behind evangelistic strategies that haven't worked in a long, 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 long time in order to embrace ways that actually help reach people for Jesus. I want to embrace what leads people to Jesus and connects people to their heavenly father. I want to leave behind tradition and religion to embrace the disciplines that bring health and growth. I want to be a fruitful person. I want to be a faithful person. I want to be faithful to God, not to a religious system. I want to be faithful to God so that I can be fruitful for God. So that the fruit that comes on my life is a growing relationship with God, a growing, deepening trust in God, and a way that I live my life that leads other people to see and experience God. Here's what I want you to be in 2024. I want you to be be a person of the word. I want you to be a person of prayer. I want you to be a person of community. I want you to be a person of healing. I want you to be a person of integrity. I want you to be a person of focus. I want, to be, want you to be a, a loving person. And I want you to be a fruitful person. And I'm just telling you, if you decide to be those things in 2024, doesn't that sound like it's a pretty good start? Doesn't that sound like it actually be a pretty good conclusion that if you spent your 2024 pursuing and actively seeking to be those things. Like that might that would probably just be the best year of my life. Like I like I can't actually think of a whole lot better than that. Like if I just did those things, if if I if I dug into God's word and I spent a lot of time in prayer, and I was and I was like connected in community, if I was growing healthier and healthier by choosing to let God bring healing into my life, if I was connected in community, if I was engaged, if I was focused on what matters most, like if I was fruitful, if I was faithful faithful to the right things, so that I could be fruitful to the one who saved me. Like God, like. Like, yeah, that's like that's what I want in 2024. That's awesome. Let me give you one more thing to be. It's not very sexy, but it's probably the difference in whether or not you'll actually be any of those other things in 2024. I want you to be consistent. You're like, oh, great. I'm not consistent. That that That's why it's been hard to be fruitful. And that's why it's been hard to be a person of the word. That's why it's been hard to be a person of prayer. And that's why it's been hard to be a person of community. And the like, guy gets so, be, like, I, like, that's why it's hard to be any of those things because those, all, those things all require that you gotta be consistent. And that's why it's the last one that I wanna talk about today. It's maybe the most challenging, but it's the one that unlocks all of the other doors in our lives. In Galatians chapter six, he said, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. So let's not get tired, and this is the key verse. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This year, in 2024, I want you to be consistent. I want you to not get tired of doing what is right. But I want you to keep doing what is right because at just the right time, God will bring a harvest. In 2024, I here's what, what I know about you is that I know that you've already tried it at some point in your life to be a person of the word and to be a person of prayer and to be a person of community and to be a person of healing and to be a person of integrity and to be a person of focus and to be a loving person and to be an engaged person and to be a fruitful person. I know you've tried all those things before, but I'm guaranteeing to you the reason it hasn't stuck is that you didn't undergird all of that by being a consistent person. Person in 2024. If you'll be consistent in any one of those things, if you'll be consistent in all of those things, if you'll be inconsistent, if, if you'll be consistent in any one, group of those things, I'm just telling you, it's what will make the difference in your life, your faith, your connection with God, and your relationships with other people. See, here's what I know, and here's what I want to leave with you today. Consistency turns good ideas into transformative practices. Because all of that stuff is things that you think is a good idea. Like, oh, it's a good idea to be a person of the word. It's a good idea. Like, if it happens, it's a great thing to be a person of prayer. If it happens, you know, like it's a great thing to be connected. It's a great thing for all of those. Those are all good ideas. But I'm telling you, the thing that actually takes those good ideas and turns them into practices that transform your life and change your relationships and change your trust in God and grow your trust in God and grow your ability to have positive, healthy relationships with other people is when it becomes consistent. Consistency turns good ideas into transformative practices. Consistency turns engagement from, wow, that was one really nice meal where no one was on their phone, to man, we have meaningful time as a family around our table because our phones are off and we just talk together. Consistency takes that one time and makes it meaningful because it's every time. Consistency turns time in the Bible from why I checked it off the box today into man, as I spend more time in God's word, I feel like I know more about God and I know God more. It's not, it, that doing it once is great. Doing it over and over and over again is consistency that changes our lives, and our relationship with God. Consistency turns a day of focus into a year of focus and turns our focus into fruitfulness. Consistency takes that one therapy session and the way you feel after it, and it turns it into a legitimate change and healing, not just a temporary weight off your shoulder. Consistency turns good ideas into transformative practices. See, here's the way I want you to remember it today. Consistency is the key to unlock every door you want to open in 2024. Consistency is the key to unlock every door you want to open in 2024. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking like, wait, 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 that can't be that simple. Could it be that simple? Could it be that all the things that you've tried before that you like, this is what I want to be, and this is who I want to be, and this is how I want to live, and and, and it's never taken hold. It never took hold because you just weren't consistent enough with it. You didn't didn't keep going when things got difficult. You gave up when things got difficult. And that's not judging you. That's just saying, here's the way. Consistency is the way that we get where we want to go. Consistency deciding, like, this is who I want to be. This is the life that I want to build. This is the character that I want to have. This is the integrity that I want to have. This is the type of person I want to be in in my relationships with other people. Like, It all happens through consistency. Consistency is the key to unlock every door you want to open in 2024. And so you're going to like, well, okay. It's great. I wish that was. I wish I could be that person, but I'm not that person. I'm not consistent. Well, here's three three things that I would love for you to think of as you you can build consistency. See, consistency is a muscle. It's a muscle, which means you can build it, which means it can be developed. It's not just a gift that you have or you don't have. This is a muscle that we either develop or don't develop. And so here's some tips. To help you develop the consistency muscle in your life. Number one is, is if you want to be consistent, you want to make a daily choice. So today I choose this like it's my first day all over again. So the first day I'm going to choose to be a Bible reader. And the second day, today I'm going to choose to be a person of the word. And day three, when I don't feel like it and it's late at night and I, and I just want to go to bed or when it's late and when it's early in the morning and I just want to stay in bed. Today, I choose to be a person of the word. And that gets me out of bed. Or that makes sure that I do what's most important before I go to bed. Or that I spend some time at lunch, opening up my Bible in in the middle of my workplace and I spend some time in the word of God. I make a daily choice. This is who I want to be today. And I choose it today with the same passion and the same energy and the same excitement that I chose it on the first day. Number two is you confront your failure spots. And failure spots is one of those things that we just go like, we have to be honest that the reason we haven't stayed consistent before is because we hit a spot where we failed and we failed for a reason. And and, and we, and we failed for a reason. But I think a lot of us, it's, it's, it's something like this. You know, I'm always doing good right up until blank. And that's the failure spot. I'm always doing good right up until I get tired. I'm always doing good right up until I get kind of bored with it. I'm, I'm always doing pretty good right until it starts to feel routine. And when it starts to feel routine, I have the tendency to blow it up for no reason. I'm always doing pretty good at keeping on my goals until I face adversity. But the slightest pushback, oh man, I, I, like, is, is, when, is when I tend to give up. I, I'm always doing pretty good until life gets really busy with some other stuff. And then the things that I think are most important all tend to get pushed to the side for what seems to be screaming for my attention because life got really busy. I'm so just like if we can get honest with ourselves and confront those failure those fa- failure spots, what happens is we get we we become more aware of where failure is coming, it, where we're where we're likely to fail in the future, and we can future proof and failure proof ourselves that we watch for them and we work around them. And when we get tired and we get busy, we make sure we stay aware that this is what matters most, even in the face of what's coming at me. So we confront your failure spots. And number three, don't be afraid to feel crazy striving for consistency. See, here's the thing that I know. It always looks and feels crazy until it works. Like consistency is something that sometimes you're gonna to have to put some practices in your life that, allow, that, that help sustain your consistency. And it'll look crazy to people who don't have to do that. And it'll look crazy, and it'll feel crazy to, like, because for the rest of your life, you haven't done any of that stuff. It will feel crazy until it works. And then when it works, you'll be gra- glad that you got crazy about it that you were crazy about consistency because that consistency, when we get crazy about it, when we get intensely focused on it, when we say, hey, I'm willing to look ridiculous so that I can be consistent in this thing that I care about. I'm just telling you, when it works, no one cares how crazy it looked. No one cares how crazy it felt because it feels crazy good to be consistent and experience what God wants for you and what you want for you this year. So here's the thing. This year, I hope you'll be consistent. I I pray that you'll be all of those things that we said, that you'll be a person of the word, that you'll be a person of prayer, that you'll be a person of community, that you'll be a person of integrity, that you'll be a person of focus, that you'll be a person of engagement, that you'll be a person of who's fruitful, that you'll that you'll be a loving person. I hope that you'll be a person who's healing. I hope and pray that you'll be all of those things in 24. I know you can be any of those things in 2024 if you'll decide to be consistent. And so today, more than anything that I pray for you, I pray you'll be consistent in 2024 because consistency is the key that unlocks every door that you wanna open in 2024. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for everything that you are, everything that you do, everything that you want to do and everything that you want to be for us. And God say, I thank you for everything that you have called us to be. Um, so God, I, I pray that you would today in 2024, starting right now and throughout this, this coming year, God, I pray we would be the people that you want us to be. And God, I pray that we would be the people you want us to be because we decide that we're gonna be consistent. I pray that we would be consistent and continuously coming after you and letting you do what you wanna do in us in 2024. Help us to be consistent and help that to unlock and open every door that you wanna open in 2024. God, have your way in our lives, have your way in our hearts, have your way in our relationships. We give it all to you and we're gonna be consistent to do that this year. We love you, God. and pray this in Jesus' name, amen.